Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey from Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Mackney Packing Company, and Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. Gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, gentlemen, as well. Justice, how's life over your way? I can't complain. I mean, my starting quarterback's still healthy enough to uh, <laughs> play football games. I don't know about you guys, but... He win it? <laughs> uh, he beat the Bears. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> wow. All right. This is an aggressive start to the show for us. That's all right. It's a big show. All right. We've got the Golics, Mike Golick Jr. and Mike Golick Sr. going to join us. We have our gauntlet as well. Before we get to all of that, I want to remind you, we're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And as always, rate, review, follow everything we're doing here on the SB Nation NFL show. If you leave us a review, I promise you we will read it on the show. All right, without further ado, here's Mike and Mike. This is the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Carrera, and the Golics are here, and shocker, they're doing something with food. Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr. are here in part on behalf of Chili's. Sr., I'll start with you. This seems like a match made in heaven. Well, listen, food in the Golicks, as, as uh, you know, Stats, we, we've all known each other a long time. There's not many times that you haven't seen either one of us with food in our hand. And so this was kind of a natural fit for, for Mike and I. And really, it's about happy hour. Uh, it's about Chili's. If there's a football game on TV, there's happy hour at Chili's and they have a great new menu out with all, all what you would expect, but just even more of it from wings, nine different flavors to sliders to great drinks as well to the curly fry. So all the things we love, especially, and I think I've taught my son Mike well, because he likes to start his meal with dessert. Yeah, no, listen, it, it's a big time moment here. The grown up molten is certainly something that caught both of our eyes to begin yes. with. Because that was sort of the bridge for me. I grew up going to Chili's a lot as a kid. We had one right by our house in Connecticut that I would go to all the time before I'd go to the movie theater. And looking over at the bar area always felt like the VIP club that I couldn't go into because you couldn't have kids over in there. And so now that I get to go in there and now that it's made such a big deal that football's always on in there, you can go over there and have a good time. The molten that I ate as a kid now with a shot on the side seems like the perfect bridge into there. They went from the skillet queso that I I ate all the time as a kid to now the white queso curly fries that you've got on here, still the same great wings, all these things that they've upgraded about it because they want you to know, hey, listen, anytime you want to go watch ball, this is the place to do it. So Chili's is my hangout as a kid. Now it gets to be my hangout as an adult watching football on the weekends. 
100% agree on the molten cake. I've had that a lot of different places and nobody does it better than Chili's. I don't understand how it's possible, but they have the best one. Now imagine doing that and having a shot with it. I mean, that that's a grown-up dessert right there. Just a little added on the side because yeah. I'm with you, Stats. Like, they can give me the recipe. I've seen people put it online and be like, this is how you make a mold cake. I'm like, I'm not going to do it better than <laughs> <Yeah>. the pros. <laughs> Why would I try and go and ruin my molten experience when I could just go over to Chili's and have it there because I got the pros doing what pros do? That sounds like an awesome uh, match for you guys. And absolutely, the molten cake is 10 out of 10. Would absolutely recommend if I could, it pains me, but I feel like I should shift the conversation to football just because, you know, this is a football show. Whatever, uh, stats, whatever you want to do. Gosh, here's what we'll do. Who is the molten chocolate cake of the NFL right now? Junior? Wow. Well done. Yeah. All right. All right. I see where I see where you put me on here. So. What would make it uh, the molten cake? Obviously, rich and appealing from the outside, but even in its core, a little bit surprising to you. <laughs> I would say right now, that would be the Cincinnati Bengals. I wow. think just because on the outside, you see so much of what we saw last year for a team that made a Super Bowl run. You see Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and what he's managed to do. Lou Anarumo on the, uh, on the defensive side of things. Obviously, it was a big story at the end of last year, but I think the reason they're the molten is because there's a little more than meets the eye. This year, I think they're built better along the lines of scrimmage, and I'd say that on both sides. This defensive line feels very underrated in the way they're talked about league-wide. And then on the offensive side, they went hockey line change, their whole offensive line this offseason. Outside of Jonah Williams at left tackle, they had four new starters. And when they lost early and were still giving up sacks – we all looked away and we kind of left the Bengals for dead. And that might've been the best thing that happened to them because they got to go to work in the dark. And these guys have all been healthy on the field at the same time. And now you're starting to see continuity along an offensive line, upgrading at the quality at those positions and the benefits there. The last two games against the Titans, only one sack allowed against a very good defensive line. This last week against the Chiefs, only one sack allowed and minimal pressures. And what it's allowed Joe Burrow to do as a quarterback, I think has them in a better position, even than a team last year that may end up achieving better results on the top end this is i think a better football team with the evolution of t higgins and the evolution of this offensive line this season so while i still think philadelphia in in a power ranking is the number one team in the nfl and where i spent most of my career so it pains me a little bit to say where we are now the dallas cowboys are man are they peaking at the right time i just did their game against the Colts, a game, by the way, that was 21 to 19 going into the fourth quarter. And Dallas put up 33 in the fourth quarter. Since, since Dak's been back, they've put up 24, 49, 28, 40, 28, and 54. They're the leading scoring team and all the, the big metrics are either number one or number two since Dak is back. And oh, by the way, their defense is one of the best in the NFL. They lead the league in sacks, and they give up the least amount of sacks on offense. I mean, they are – it's all about – it's so different stats than, than college where that one loss can cost you a season. In the NFL, it doesn't matter. Just get to the playoffs and be peaking at the right time. And that's what the Cowboys are doing right now. As long as you don't get anybody hurt because attrition can be a thing that kills you right now, see San Francisco – uh, that that can cost you. They seem to be getting healthy at the right time with the Cowboys are. So I, I, I look at them right now as really, really kind of being that, that molten right now. 
Did you see how he just slipped in that dig at the nine? Yeah, man. I mean, oh, really? no, I'm bummed. Listen, I'm bummed at that. I had said a couple hey, of weeks ago. You sound ago, real I, bummed. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I had said I thought it was going to be either San Francisco or Philadelphia coming out of the NFC. Because, And I've said this before. Tell me another team in the NFC with deeper offensive talent. Now, that's when Garoppolo wasn't hurt and Elijah Mitchell <laughs> wasn't hurt uh, either. It's so deep there, Talon. I really thought they were going to be maybe the favorites coming out of the NFC. And now you've got Brock freaking Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. Now we got a report yesterday that Jimmy Garoppolo might come back. Like, Junior, do you think that they could keep it afloat while he's there? I think they have a good opportunity because you saw that game was about the defense and I think scouting uh, on the 49ers part because Brock Purdy, while he was not expected to come in here and fill out. When you take a quarterback late like that, you're identifying someone that you think might have a chance to develop eventually. And for Kyle Shanahan, who's got the most quarterback, you know, universal solvent system in the world, there are a lot of similarities, at least to going out there and making it function, right? Brock Purdy at Iowa State was at the helm of an offense that used tons of multiple tight end sets, used more shifting and motioning than most college football programs, and had to do all that to try and get where they wanted to go. So he saw it was very adept at going out there and operating the mechanics of that offense. Because in that game, we still saw all of those sets we were dreaming about when Christian McCaffrey came over, where you're swapping him and Debo Samuel in the backfield, and you're motioning Christian from the slot. And he handled all of those things going in as the backup when he hadn't prepared all week as the starter. That matters. And so, yeah, I think between that and the fact that you've got Nick Bosa and Fred Warner on the other side of the football who gave Tua and that Dolphins offense absolute fits and make life so hard on opposing offenses in general that I think they've got a chance to keep it afloat. Their championship aspirations absolutely took a hit because even if you get Jimmy back at that point, he'd have been on the shelf for a while. This is a quarterback that came into this season injured. So war of attrition adding up, but the defense is absolutely capable of keeping this team afloat. I 100% agree. I mean, you look at who they have coming up. They have Tampa Bay. They can't score for the life of them. I know they just had that nice comeback, you know, Monday night football. But this San Francisco defense, I think, could just smoke Tampa Bay. And then they had the big game at Seattle. They are, they're only one game ahead of Seattle, but they beat Seattle already. So if they could sweep it, that could pretty much ice it for them. And then they finish up with the Commanders the Raiders, and the Cardinals. So it's there for him. And I agree with Mike. There's still a lot of weapons. Brock Purdy's job, and Kyle Shanahan knows it, just get the ball out of my hands and get it into the hands of the Debo Samuels, the Christian McCaffrey, the George Kittles of the world, the Brandon Ayuks of the world is having himself a career year as well. And then let the defense keep us in the game at all times. So I don't think it'll ever be a position where Brock Purdy is going to have to throw them back into the game. I covered him at Ohio State uh, at Iowa State a couple of times. I liked him, set 32 school records there. Wasn't sure what his, what his NFL career could be like. Now we're now he's going to get a crash course and we're going to find out. You did mention the Eagles and I actually, I'm going to go there, but I'm going to flip it because they just obliterated the Tennessee Titans to the point where Tennessee has decided to fire their general manager. Yeah. Like what is going on there, senior? Oh, man. I, I mean, listen, I, I think that there, there's holdover, holdover uh, angst that they traded, that he traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles, who just smoked them. Um, but, you know, as we were talking about off-air, and, and, and Mike said, 
you know, ownership had to know that. So I, I'm not really sure. Again, this may be one of those things where more is going on than we really know of what's going on inside. But from Philadelphia's standpoint, look at two games ago, they rushed for over 360 yards. This game, they passed for over, I think, over 350 yards. So they can get you both ways. And they also have an incredible defense. So right now, I look at teams that are balanced. Both sides of the ball, Buffalo's balanced, Philly's balanced, Cowboys are balanced, San Francisco's balanced. Kansas City, I think, has a way better offense than their defense, but Patrick Mahomes could certainly make up for an awful lot. I think we're going to find out something about this Titan situation. Yeah. It, ha- it has to be yeah. more than that because you can point to the things that have been mounting up against John Robinson's case, right? The A.J. Brown trade was the last of what we saw, but you can point to the draft track record on the top end. You can point to Julio Jones and Jadevian Clowney and a bunch of these moves that didn't pan out that cost them resources. And you can say that you believe Mike Vrabel is the reason that you've managed to MacGyver your way into first place into one of the worst divisions in football. <laughs> But all of that being said, outside of the A.J. Brown trade, you knew that before February when you extended this dude. That's the part I don't understand. If this all bothered you so much, why did you go out there and put more money in this man's pocket that now you have to pay him for the next few years while he's walking around? That's why to do this in the middle of the season where you are still technically first place in the division, I get seeing your ex go out there and have a good time with their new boo is something (laughs) that is hard for all of us to swallow. But you got to prepare yourself for that before you go into the party if you believe that you're going to feel this bad once you get there. Yeah, I just don't understand. And I feel like this is one of those things, like you said, when people feel safe and kind of the dust settles a little bit, something will come out. I mean, but that whole division, it's just disaster right now. The Texans, I don't know what the Texans are doing. They get destroyed every week. I mean, you think Jacksonville is going maybe okay, a little bit better. Not Trevor Lawrence is banged up again. I mean, the entire AFC South, like I wish they didn't even get a playoff team. Well, I think Jacksonville is actually going in the right direction. I like what they're doing, defensive side as well, and I think Trevor Lawrence is coming along. The Texans are going to have the number one pick, and they're going to take a quarterback. I mean, this is last year wasn't the year of the quarterback. This year, I think, you know, Mike covered more college than me this year, but I think you're going to have at least four uh, quarterbacks going in the first round this year. I, In, in all honesty, I, I picked the Colts to win the division. I thought Matt Ryan uh, was going to help lead that team, a team that's been looking for a quarterback since Andrew Luckin. We finally saw the article from Andrew Luck on why he left and such. It was a it was a really good read, um, but I was surprised and uh, with Matt Ryan. So now, if I'm the Colts, I probably throw Sam Ellinger out there and just see what I have in him. But yeah, Tennessee just 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 keeps hanging on with a running game and no passing game and a, and a good <laughs> defense, and they're not going to win the Super Bowl that way. They're only going to get so far. We have to wait for another team in that division to actually rise up a bit. The Andrew Luck article I thought was really interesting. I mean, for for anybody that didn't read it, basically a lot of it, he talks about how he was essentially a different person playing football because he he thought he had to control everything. He didn't really like the person he was as a quarterback. And you combine that with the fact that he was always hurt and rehabbing. It just turned into a sort of a weird situation. Does is that maybe specific to Andrew Luck Jr.? Do you think that there are a lot of guys that maybe are different people when they're playing as opposed to off the field. No, I think that's a lot of guys. I think high-level competitive athletics and really doing anything in a high level can bring out the best and worst parts of you when a lot's expected of you and a lot's given to you. I think both of those things tend to amplify 
some of our worst personality traits at times because there's all the good things he talked about in there. Uber accountability, the things that come with being in those positions that you miss, the most idealistic parts of the game. But there's also that other stuff there that we see seep out far too often. With Andrew, it was so interesting because I think I had mistaken his silence and his absence from the spotlight as his comfort transitioning to the next phase of his life. And what we clearly saw is that's not the case. This guy was addicted to football like almost everyone else. And being around, it was difficult for him. We heard and saw the relationship between him and Frank Reich and how even after he was done playing, there was still communication there. And there was still this thought from Frank Reich and the Colts side that maybe he would come back. And even now, as Andrew Luck has transitioned into what looks like the next phase for him, there still seems to be a discomfort with trying to figure out what he's doing. And I think that part is just like everybody else. Everybody who finishes playing, especially sports where your body's your business and your reputation can be so different because we love sports so much in this country. I think a lot of people have that identity crisis when they leave and Andrew Luck has proven to be no different. I was amazed that he lived five minutes from the facility. I did. I, I thought he left right away in all honesty. I, and now he's back in Palo Alto, back in school. I think he, he had to become something he wasn't really, you know, the quarterback is, is expected to be the Uber leader of, of the team. Right. And, and in that article, I, I heard him saying, or, or he was talking about how that really wasn't what he was, but he had to become that to where he's out to dinner and he's ordering food and drinks for everybody, you know, not letting them pick. He's doing it all. He think he felt he had to do that. And I don't know how comfortable he was in doing that. And then, you know, we sit here and talk about the physicality of the game. Everybody who's played long enough, you know, you're, you're tearing something, you're breaking something and you're rehabbing. And that gets to you more mentally while it's a physical injury, it gets to you more mentally. When now in your off season, when you should be enjoying yourself a little bit before you start working back to the next season, you're rehabbing. Then you're rehabbing again. For him, he's going to Europe and spending time there rehabbing, always rehabbing, trying to hide. And we all live this as well. Hide our injuries. Say we're fine. Go And then and then you're asked to go do something and you're nervous it's going to happen. Then there's the the you're you're told you're okay by the doctors and then there's going out in the field and kind of let it go which is tough to do like he was he was nervous to throw a ball or throw you know a a rubber ball let alone a football so and then if you don't have something to go to listen we've done football all our lives and then all of a sudden now he chose to do it it was his choice like for me it wasn't my choice the league retired me he retired but if you don't have something to go to Man, it just it just drives in your mind, you know, could I still be out there? Do I still want to do it? And you saw it was affecting his relationship uh, as well. So I, so I was I was surprised at some of that in, in, in that article. And I'll be interested to see if he does go down the coaching road. I got to be honest, like we just kind of glossed over it, like him ordering for people at a restaurant. Yeah. So I'll say this because I think context matters in that, like. There are times where when you go out with groups of people, some of these places will be stuff that serves it family style. And so having someone that's willing to order at times, especially when it comes to appetizers, is a huge asset for large groups of indecisive people. Now, when he straight up ordered his trainer's pizza and he's like, no, I don't want this pizza. (laughs) Now we're broaching on something that's a little bit different. It's like anything else. There's a fine line between all of this. The thing that I thought was glossed over, Andrew Luck, game. 
You saw how he got his future wife's phone number out there. Yeah, oh, I yeah. lost my phone. Can you call it for me here? We think of Andrew Luck as this aw shucks guy. A little more than meets the eye on that side of things. <laughs> I just want that on the record. And, and with his flip phone, flip phone, let alone. I mean, thank God he finally got rid of that thing. Jeez. So I was actually wondering about that, right? So, okay, he says, I lost my phone. Can you call my number so I can find it? So then she does. Do you text the next day? Do you call? Like, what's your next move? I think after that, you wait a little bit, you go away. And then when you're somewhere else, it's just a text of, hey, thanks again for helping me out of the jam there. Hope the rest of your day goes well. By the way, if you're around, I'd love to buy you coffee sometime just to say thank you for helping me out. Bada bing, bada boom. How you doing? Is that the thing now to not ask somebody out on a date, but let's go for coffee? Is that the kind of asking out on a date light, you know, instead of let's go to dinner, movie and a dinner, let, let's go out for coffee? Yeah, I think there's a little bit less pressure to it, right? Something about daytime hours. It's like, hey, you know, like yep. there's no ex- there's no expectation here. We're just two people going to be around each other. Coffee's very nice. You're in public. There's a lot of other people there. It's safe. It's welcoming. All the things that you want to be. And it's fast. Yes, if it, yeah, it's true. If it doesn't go well, it's awkward. Yep, you're out. And I guess if it, if it's going well, then you can extend it, right? You can get yourself. Oh, a cup then of you can go. Then you can go for a walk. You can right. go around the quad. Hey, it's, are you hungry? Let's get something to eat. You know? Yeah. No. As soon as you started to say that, I was like, coffee. That's exactly yeah. where I would right. go. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Andrew Luck, life hack. Well, Michael <laughs> Jr., Michael Sr., hopefully if you're out at Chili's, you can order for yourself and you're not have someone to order for you because that is still the weirdest thing. And the fact that no one said no to him before, too, like, <laughs> what? That is pretty wild. Let me tell you what, if someone wants to order for me and they order a molten, then I'm fine with them ordering for me. Yeah, if, you order, if you're good at ordering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go off, King. Yeah. If you're ordering for people, like you order for me, then you're paying for me, too, right? Isn't that? Well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I believe a lot of those times he was picking up the check, as he should, quite yes. honestly. And when you're making that kind of, you know, scratch, you're you're, you're picking up the check a lot. Yeah. All, all I know is when I was buying for meals for Mike and all his friends and Jake and all their friends uh, growing up, I, I sure as hell wasn't allowed to order for them. <laughs> you you didn't want to order for us because you were just ordering chicken nuggets the entire time, which That's is still true. a good order. But, yeah, you know, yeah. we were going to eat adult food. <laughs> Thanks very much for the time, guys. You got it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks again to the mics for sitting down with me. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will run the gauntlet and get to the bottom of the big question because there are seven intra-divisional matchups this week. We are going to find the most important of those seven when we come back. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty. What's a gauntlet? 
truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, gentlemen, gauntlet time. The theme of the week this week is intra-divisional matchups because there are seven on the schedule in week 14. We will pick the most important one. Justice, I'll start with you since Kyle was mean to me before we went live. Uh, Jags at Titans or Ravens at Steelers? Oh, man, what a selection. Well, each feature one team that is virtually out of the playoff race, right? I think the Steelers still technically are alive. The Jaguars are still technically alive, but they're both sub 500. I feel like the Titans have wrapped up the, uh, the AFC South at this point. I know they haven't technically clinched, but they're so far ahead of everyone else. I don't think anyone's going to be pushing them. So I guess I'm going with the Steelers game just because there's potential for that game to impact, you know, the AFC North uh, division leader. How good is Mike Tomlin? So they're five and seven, but look at the schedule that Pittsburgh's played this year. Look at who they've had under center. Look at some of the injuries that they've battled. Look at the attrition that they've had at cornerback. The fact that they are five and seven, I feel like speaks to how prepared the Steelers are week in and week out. And that's without, going on the other side of the ball, and I, people are starting to catch on. But I remember, Justice, when he was first hired, we were somewhat impressed with what the Steelers' offensive coordinator is my uh, – Canada, I believe, is, not, is mm-hmm. my, my name right now. Um, because he was using motion. He was doing things pre-snapping. That went out of the window really quick. And nothing has changed since then. So that offense is very disappointing from schematic standpoint. So, again, them getting five wins is very important. So I – I would agree here. I, I would lean uh, with the Ravens and the Steelers just because like, Lamar's not playing, right? So they, they have a chance to win that game and, and go on a mini run here. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Ravens, Steelers, KP, or Browns at Bengals? Man, Joe Burrow. When's he going to beat him, right? He's never beat the Browns. Um, the Browns quarterback looked like he hadn't played in a couple of years last week, right? That was always, There was always going to be some rust. The Browns defense, I wonder if they are going to trend in the right direction. This is probably not the offense you want to face if that is going to happen. But I I think I'm going to go with the Browns and the the Bengals just because the quarterback matchup is far more intriguing. And before the season started, right, these were two teams that people were were talking about, potential playoff teams. So we get a chance to see it late in the season, week 14. I'm going to stick with the Browns and the Bengals here. What about you, Justice? Are you still rolling with the Ravens and Steelers? I don't think so. I, I think it's probably Bengals-Browns just because the Deshaun Watson X-Factor was last week. Just him being rusty, you know, not playing a game in, you know, t- virtually two years. Or is this who he is now? Is he just, like, not going to be ready to play, you know, these these games down the stretch? They were um, not good. No. No, it wasn't. They're, they're cut-ups of, of the lowlights of Deshaun Watson. And, yeah, I mean – that's not the guy that they gave all the money to, right? I mean, they made all these risks and stuff like that. They mortgaged the entire PR of the franchise because of the way that they ended up acquiring him, right, to get a quarterback who was going to push him into the playoffs, and that didn't look like that guy at that point. So turns out when you sit out a year because you're mad about your contract and then get accused of assaulting 30 women, yeah. turns out 
it's not good for your football life. Uh, I will say, like, the Ravens need to win this game if they're going to mm-hmm. hang on to first place in the division. And now Lamar is out. So I agree that, like, it's not the sexiest game, but damn, it is going to have some importance. But nonetheless, Browns-Bengals move on. Okay, Justice, which game is more meaningful, Browns-Bengals or Chiefs-Broncos? I think it's Browns-Bengals. But, you know, the the Chiefs, it does matter for the Chiefs because obviously the AFC one-seed race, right, is is starting to be a slugfest Hmm. up at the top. Um, I think I would still go... Yeah, I would still go Bengals, but this Chiefs game, I mean, th- that's going to be important. The the Broncos are a team that, gosh dang, man, you look at all the stats and all the stats in the world say this team should be probably a top 10 team in the NFL, but then you watch the games and you're like, of course they're not a top team in the NFL. They're a mess in every facet. It's, it's like the opposite of the Steelers, right? The Steelers are a team that should be – Bottom five in ever you know any metric right that that's out there right now, but they're one game away from being five hundred right. They're five and seven, so it's like that's where that's where coaching matters. And I guess Denver's just not there right now. I mean, do we think Hackett's actually going to get canned? I mean, maybe that's kind of what's important in this game for the Broncos and Evero right is going to be a guy that I think everyone who wants to fire their defensive coordinator, which it seems like it's like three. Uh, three quarters of the NFL right now that they want to fire their defensive coordinator. He's like the hot name him and probably Jim Leonard, the guy who just turned down uh, staying at Wisconsin. Evro get out while you still can. There's still time. If you get offered this off season, see ya. This one is pretty easy, right? The chiefs are going to blow the Broncos out. I don't care what any numbers say. If you watch the Broncos, you realize they're probably not going to score 20 points. If you watch the chiefs, you realize they're going to score 20 points. So it goes back to, (laughs) that's pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it goes back to the the Browns game. If, if they can win, do they go on a mini streak? Does Watson go back to this elite quarterback? Was it just that one game rust? Or like justice said, is this who he is right now? Is there going to be, um, just did he fall off a cliff like we don't know that so i think there's some intrigue there and that whole that whole uh will joe burrow finally beat the browns will he finally get that monkey off his back because that hasn't happened in his nfl life yet i think that's pretty intriguing too and and again i i think the browns are sorry i think the Bengals are very good especially with jamar chase on the Mm -hmm. on the field they to me scream like they're a top five team so um i'm sticking with the Bengals and the browns how in the world could Joe Burrow be undefeated against Patrick Mahomes and also winless against the Browns? That sums up the NFL right there. Like I, I don't understand it. And by the way, speaking of things I don't understand, KP, as we move to our next matchup, which is more important, Browns, Bengals, or Vikings at Lions? The five and seven Lions are favored by two and a half points over the ten and two Vikings. Yeah, this one isn't close either. I think it's Lions better than the record. <laughs> what I'm hearing, it it only took us 14 weeks, but you can finally say that's accurate. So, whatever they did during the bye week, I don't know who they hired, I don't know what they did, but it worked. So the defense is not a complete sieve as they were for essentially the entire season, and but it's on the offensive side of the ball. You can't help but be impressed. Ben Johnson, if we're talking about one and done coordinators. He is as good as it gets. Like, he gets guys screaming wide open down the field um, at every level, honestly. They're just very balanced. It helps to have a very good offensive line that can, you know, prop up a guy like Jared Goff because 
he still leaves a lot to be desired. But they really have some a good supporting cast, and, and they haven't even really gotten uh, Jamison Williams involved yet. So I'm pretty excited to see what they do. And they're favored for a reason here. They are better than the Vikings. I know one team is five and seven, one team is ten and two. But if you just look how they've been playing, how they're how their both teams are trending, um, I think it's pretty clear that that it's going to be the Lions. What I am interested in is will the Vikings get out to a hot start? Because that seems to be their MO, right? They jump out ahead and they hold on for dear life at the end. Will that be the case this week? The Lions have like a top 10 passing offense right now. And everyone is wondering if they're going to get a real quarterback next year. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, <laughs> Ben Johnson, shouts to you. Got um, Hawkinson out of there too. Yeah. And they had Swift for like, what, half the year? Like fully healthy. Um, I'm still going with the Browns here though. I, I think – so, like, what are the Vikings fighting for? Like, the Vikings are going to win the division, right? The two seed. I guess, but, like, okay. If, if – does it the, – the Vikings are underdogs right now to the Lions. Does it matter if they're the two seed or the three seed? I don't think that changes that much, right? Um, so, I'm still going to go with the Bengals here just because, like, it could decide the difference. I mean – realistically like it could be the difference between a two seed or playing on the road wildcard weekend right like that you that, just said the two seed doesn't matter but but for the afc i'm saying i think it matters for the Bengals. i don't think seeding matters for the vikings the other shoe is gonna drop that's not right a but it, football team it matters for the niners if they get the two seed and then they get a home playoff game all right all right i, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't think it ma- I think the Vikings are going to lose in the first round, no matter who they play, yeah. <laughs> or where. That's, that's right. where I'm at. Right. All right, uh, but I do. Just- I will say that, like, sticking with the Lions and the Vikings, the Lions have a chance to get in the playoffs. As wild as that may sound, if they win this week. So if they don't, with eight losses, it's going to be. I mean, you you need a lot to go wrong in that sense. But if they go on this little mini winning streak right here, they can start something. So it, I think this game is very important, especially being at home, especially in a division game, to kind of set the tone. So wait, did you pick the Lions? Now I'm confused. Yes. yes I so we have a tie. Yeah. Yes, sir. We got to get Steven in here. All right. Steven Serta's playing hurt this week. If you're Steven, I know you're uh, under the weather, but if you would do us a solid here, we'd appreciate it. Which game is more impactful this week, Lions, Vikings, or Browns, Bengals? I think I have to go Browns, Bengals here. And it, it, it's partially because, like, I, I don't think that if the Vikings lose to the Lions, like, I, I agree with Justin, I don't think that it makes that much of a difference to where the Vikings ultimately finish this season. And while you would like to have the two seed because it is an advantage that you have in the playoffs, if somebody falls, if that one seed falls, then the Vikings have home field advantage the rest of the way. So, but I don't think that we need to really worry about the Lions truly like upsetting the Vikings or the Vikings upsetting the Lions because I guess they're favored, which is weird. Um, but it, it's just this Bengals game for me because I, I think that the Browns have something to prove. There's this weird thing with Burrow and he's got something to prove to beat the Browns. And the AFC now with Buffalo losing Von Miller for the season feels like it's a little bit more up in the air than we think it is. Like the Chiefs have to win out now to grab that one seed. And if Buffalo slides it all, like it it feels like the other seeds at the top of the AFC could be up for grabs for a team like Cincinnati or Baltimore, depending on what's going on with Lamar Jackson. So I just feel like there's more at stake with this Browns Bengals game. 
two pro every, lines guys wow <laughs> every week i try and stack these so that we have a different team advancing like every matchup generally and every week i get it totally wrong one team just romps <laughs> through the whole thing <laughs> uh i think justice i think it's your turn browns Bengals or eagles giants well here we go here's the change it's it's eagles giants to me i mean the giants are still you know fighting for their playoff lives right i mean there's teams breathing down their neck you guys just talked about you know the lions still have a shot all that stuff there's if you look at the uh you know hashtag in the hunt rankings right the entire nfc other than like the uh the bears are basically breathing down their neck just hoping that they end up falling down the stretch you know they're going to get some of these nfc east games down the stretch too i think the eagles for the most part i mean they have they have the one seed kind of as wrapped up as you can have it at this point but i think you know the eagles are still fighting um trying to kind of prove that like like I'm just thinking about like that Packers game, right? Like, how do you let that team score that many points when your defense has been, you know, the best in the like they got to get some bounce back momentum going back into the playoffs? So it's December football now, lock in, right? And then the Giants, it's just like you gotta no one thinks you're this good, but you gotta <laughs> keep winning football games because there's people breathing down your neck. I think that's what it boils down to for me. Do the Eagles have the one seed locked up? I know they only have one loss, but they Minnesota's right Cowboys. there. They like you never know what you're going to get with the Saints, obviously, but they still have the Giants twice, the Cowboys. Those are divisional games. I'm well aware that the, the, the Giants aren't in the same caliber, just of a team wise. But I would never count out a divisional opponent in the NFL, um, especially this being a road game. Last week, Jalen Hurts looked like Randall Cunningham. Will that always be the case? Like, is he always going to ball out? It seems like he will. Um, Based on how this year has gone, everything is going right for them. Like he, he's rarely been off, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. I think people are, are still kind of waiting for that shoe to drop, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But I, I don't know. I just don't find as much intrigue in this game as I do with the Bengals and the Browns for all the reasons that I wow. said. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Uh, just to, just to add a note, uh, do they have the one seed wrapped up? Five thirty-eight. I'm looking at it right now. The Eagles have a seventy-four percent chance of a first round by the second team. It's not the Vikings. It's the Dallas. Yes. The Dallas Cowboys at 14, then the Vikings at 11. No one else even has, you know, a 1% chance of getting the buy in the NFC. So that's, you know, whoever wins the NFC East, right? I mean, that's the leader in the NFC right now, especially with San Francisco and their quarterback situation though. How much does the narrative on the giants change if they could win this game though, justice? I think it changes a lot because I don't think anyone's really buying into what the Giants can do. So if they can go toe-to-toe with that defense, with that offense, and come out with a win, I think you at least go into the playoffs and think, well, one, the Giants probably end up making the playoffs point-blank period, right? Yeah, and eight wins. Yeah, and then number two, um, you think, hey, this team is frisky, right? I mean, maybe they can win a road game in the first round. They're they're probably not going to go on a Super Bowl run. I don't think anyone's saying Danny Dimes is, you know, capable of that. (laughs) But at least they can knock out some of these teams. Leading rusher, Danny Dimes. Oh, man. All right. So now we're Steven Serta. We're calling you into service once again. I feel like we're doing you wrong here today. But nonetheless, what's more interesting or or more impactful, Browns, Bengals, or Eagles, Giants? This one's tougher, for me, I think I'm going to go Eagles Giants. And 
KPO for two. Sounded real tough for you right there, Steve. (laughs) Well, for me, it's just like, think back to a a month ago with the Giants, and it was like, they're six and one. They keep winning these games, but nobody's like totally confident that they're actually a good football team. But at six and one, we were like, they're a playoff team. Like, they're a for sure playoff team. And now this is unraveled enough that their season could be on the line. And I don't think the Giants are a good football team, but they can give you some problems. And just the NFC East thing, like, it just kind of does it for me, too. Like, the NFC East battle, Eagles, Giants. So I, I got to go with that game. You and the rest of America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. KP, Eagles, Giants, or the last intradivisional game on the slate for this week? Jets at the Bills. Man, Vaughn Miller. That is a huge loss. He, he talked, they reported on Wednesday that he tore his ACL, and Vaughn Miller was supposed to be the, the added piece that puts the defense over the top, right? And this was already one of the best, one of the more sound defenses in the NFL that makes very few mistakes. So adding a pass rusher like Vaughn Miller, just like we saw at Arrowhead, like he's a difference maker. So them not having Vaughn in the long run will go a long way. I mean, we we found out who the real Mike White was too at the same time, right? <laughs> so I I would go NFC here just because I think this one's going to be like we know who the Jets are. I feel like we're just kind of holding on for dear life, hoping that the Jets aren't who we want, who we fear that they are. Mike White's going to make mistakes. I don't know if he's going to be able to make as many plays that the Jets need for him to make this upcoming week. The Bills are the Bills, right? Like Josh Allen's there. Uh, Steph Diggs are starting to figure it out. And we're just going back to the Giants and the Eagles. Um, the Giants have a spot, like have a real legitimate chance to ice or to submit themselves to the playoff team. I think the other on the other side, both teams, like we know who they are at this point. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm I'm going the opposite. So we're going to have to get Steven in here again. <laughs> Damn it. KP's going to go 0 for 3. Um, man. I just think the the Bills are in the race for the one seed, right, in the AFC. I think that matters. The Jets have a legitimately good defense, right? I, the, the Jets' defensive unit is better than the offense or defense that the Giants have, right? And they still have a shot, you know, getting into the wild card race. I mean, it's really a three-team race right now in the AFC East. Like, Miami's still a factor, too, and this, this game's going to impact that. Um, imagine if the Jets can pull this off against the bills. I mean, Miami might be in a prime spot to actually win the division. And then Buffalo's ended up playing on the road wild card weekend. I think that matters. I think that matters more than, than, you know, what the giants could do. I guess the question is like, cause I think the jets are better than the giants. Do you think there's that big of a difference that the bills are that much better than the Eagles KP? No, and I, and I was looking at it more of we have the whole revenge angle and the Bills are just going to take that and just blow the Jets out of the water. So I don't think there's going to be much like much intrigue in this game. Whereas I can see like Dable and the Giants making the Eagles sweat it out, right? Making them work for everything, not going the Mike Vrabel way and just playing one-on-one against A.J. Brown down the freaking field. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Right. Yeah, I think that the Giants are just going to have a better approach. So that I'm comparing it in that sense, not, not opposed to um, strength on strength and weakness on weakness, I guess. I will say this. If the Jets win, there are seven teams within two games of the top seed in the AFC with four weeks yeah, to go. That is like that could nuts. be just 
chaos. Embrace the chaos. Steven Serta, you get to determine this week's champion. Most impactful game, Eagles-Giants or Jets-Bills? I think I'm going to break KP's heart here. Oh, um, <laughs> oh for three, Sombrero. Who could have guessed? <laughs> I think it has to be Jets-Bills because – Buffalo right now, they're the number one seed in the AFC with Kansas City right behind them. They obviously have the tiebreaker, but they lose this game to the Jets and they've got the Dolphins next week. And then they've got the Bengals two weeks after that. Like the rest of their schedule is kind of brutal compared to what Kansas City has, where the Chiefs have two games with the Broncos coming up. They've got a game with the Texans on the schedule as well. And you're talking about if they lose those three games like you're talking about buffalo falling all the way down to a wild card spot and and maybe even and pushing to stay in that spot right. at that point with all the teams stacked up in the afc like this is a, a really really impactful playoff game that they really need and I, I still think that buffalo is one of the best teams in football even without von miller but not having von miller is that whole deciding factor that was like this makes them the best team in football and them not having him with this gauntlet of a rest of season schedule, it, it's getting kind of shaky. Like I'm a little bit worried about Buffalo. So I think it just has to be Bill's Jets. The Jets have already beaten Buffalo with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So could they do it with Mike White? Maybe. Uh, one last note before we go. Sorry, KP. It's been a rough show for you. Did Kyle Shanahan just met the media and the talk of the 49ers land was that Jimmy Garoppolo could come back and save the season. Kyle Shanahan kind of threw cold water on that. His exact quote when asked about the report was, there's that way outside chance late in the playoffs, but it's just an outside chance. We're not real optimistic on that. Kyle, let me ask you. To me, Jimmy's team put this report out there that he could come back as a way to maybe improve his chances of signing in free agency. But I think it's clear for the 49ers to immediately come out and throw cold water on this a day after we thought everybody's spirits were going to be lifted because Jimmy's coming back. Like clearly Jimmy's team and the Niners are not seeing eye to eye right now. Oh, really? <laughs> Again. <laughs> right. I thought this was them trying to set the table that, hey, we know that we're going to have a seventh rounder under center. If we don't make it out of the wild card round, we would have won the next game because Jimmy would have been back. Like that's how <laughs> I read it as, but I mean, that, that makes sense as well. So Kyle goes out of his way a lot of times mm -hmm. to, to say the exact opposite of what Jimmy's team has done. There have been times where Shanahan would say one thing the next day, mm -hmm. We tell Jimmy what he said, and he'd say, Kyle said that. So <laughs> they are not on the same sides um, just from a talking point. So, I mean, it's not really surprising me. You talked about it, Rob, yesterday. Schefter's tweet had like qualifier, 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 qualifier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like four different qualifiers in the tweet. Naturally, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about the facts, right? They just see Jimmy Garoppolo is going to return in seven to eight weeks. He's back. And everybody starts celebrating. Like, no, look at what just happened. Why is he going or how do you expect him to be so fresh um, rehabbed? If they do make it to the NFC Championship, that probably means the quarterback's playing well. They're probably not going to play the quarterback playing well for the guy who's hobbled, who just got hurt. So, I mean, it, it's everything that happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, the whole ordeal about him coming back was was peak internet. Not real life. <laughs> okay. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. <laughs> Trey Lance. Until they run out of IR spots, 
you know, uh, players they can bring back from IR, I'm still going to say it's possible that Trey Lance returns this year. I've heard that he's already running. I don't know. We'll see. Don't tease. All right, gentlemen. Kyle, I'm sorry that uh, the show didn't go your way. Justice is uh, supreme champion of the SB Nation NFL show this week. Justice, what are you going to do with your $0 prize money? Uh, I'm going to clip that. What I'm <laughs> <gonna do. laughs> Enjoy your Wednesday, everybody. Yeah.